0: Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast Scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at northeastscene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome. To the Northeast Scene Podcast. Season two. (laughs) That means like year two. Oh my word. Yo, you know how podcasts do like seasons? Like it's like season one is ten episodes. Season two is ten we we are here every week, no matter what. There are no seasons.
1: It just keeps going. It's like one cohesive storyline. There is no there's no segmentation, like there's no break. It's just us. Done.
0: No beginning. And no end. It continues eternally.
1: Yeah. It's like, uh, what was that movie? No Country for Old Men. Fucking no ending. Like, What the fuck was that? Like, You didn't like that ending? I liked ending? it after I watched it the second time. But I literally was, I saw that in the theater. And I remember being like, okay, did something get messed up? And then the credits started rolling. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm so mad.
0: Coen Brothers. Yeah. Coen Brothers movies, I cannot understand in one no. sitting. I, I have to watch it a couple times and then I'm like, oh, it's not like a, you know, it's not like a standard movie where you just watch it and you're like, okay, there's a lot of thought in it. There's a lot of thought that goes oh, yeah. into it.
1: A yeah, 100%. Actually, you know what I was, I, you and I were just talking about this during the week with uh, texting each other. I got the same feeling when I watched True Detective season one, the second time. The yes. second time through, I'm like, yes. I'm a little disappointed Cause I already know, I like, I know how it turns out, but all right. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know, if you don't know true detective season one, just stop for a second and, and pause and then fast forward like 20 seconds. But do you remember yeah. this? So the scene where Russ takes ginger and they start robbing the house. Yeah. That is so nail biting. I knew Russ got away. I know he gets away. But the whole time yeah. I was still on the fucking edge of my seat. I was like, this is such a, it's like panic inducing. I'm watching it going like, holy shit, how is he going to get out of this? And then There's another detail in there that I didn't notice. Ginger runs away at one point like he's escaped Russ and then just fucking runs right back to him and Russ levels him. <laughs> it's such a fucking great part. I didn't even notice it the first time I watched it.
0: That whole scene and the chaos and him running through the neighborhood to get out of there is like Top tier TV.
1: I know what's funny. I've always uh, thought of Matthew McConaughey as kind of like a jokey kind of like, hey, man, like that kind of like, you know, the character he played in uh, Dazed and Confused, that kind of. He is a really, really good actor. You believe he is Russ Cole in that fucking movie. In in that show, you legitimate. I, I watch that and go, he is that dude.
0: Yeah, he's great. He was like. He was, like, written off as a romantic comedy nothing actor. And then he made a comeback in
1: a big, big yeah, way. Yeah, because there was True Detective, and then there's the other one. Um, what's the one about the guys that were bringing the AIDS medication in? Uh, oh, something um, with Texas in it, right?
0: Yeah, there's that movie. There's Mud. It's another I really good one. saw that, too,
1: where he befriends that little boy, right? yeah yeah, excellent there's interstellar you know it's funny i listened to a like a remix of like some of the songs on interstellar i've never seen that movie (laughs) (laughs) i like i like
0: the movie i don't i think the ending is stupid i know people say that a lot like oh i don't like the ending but the ending of interstellar in my opinion is pretty dumb but i think it's worth watching the movie is definitely worth watching.
1: That's a great. There's so many movies that I, I just love. And I'm like, I, I haven't watched them in a long time. And now I watch them as like a, an older person. And I'm like, shit, there's a lot of subtleties that I missed in this or I for, have forgotten over the time where I watch it and go, this doesn't hold up. Like, I remember thinking this movie was hilarious or this movie was amazing. And uh, it just doesn't hold up. I remember watching in college. uh, Somebody had like a bootleg copy of uh, Boondock Saints. And I was like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. I love it so much. This is so awesome. And then I had uh, that uh, surgery over the summer and I was laid up for like a day or two. And I was like, oh, I'll put that movie on. It was like, I forget who had it on demand. I watched it. I turned it off about 20 minutes in. I was just like, "Fuck this movie! <laughs> like, this is I don't like that. Like, none of it. Like, it it just didn't. It seemed like, um,
0: when you're 17, it's the best movie yes. ever.
1: A- as a 38 year old, I was like, ugh.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a definitely a time and place, uh, coming of age movie. But oh, real quick before we say more things tonight on the show, our friend Luke Carmen will be joining us. He was in Life, Sick Life. He was in Demiurge. He was in Jira at Rome with Anthony Green. And now he's in Monsters Eat People, a post-rock outfit out of Philadelphia. I think he was like the best drummer from the area.
1: Oh, yeah. At least top three. He was a really good drummer. and I just remember uh, when Anthony was making Jeer at Rome, he was just like, we're just getting the best people. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean, that. Well, I remember when that band debuted, I was like, wow, this is a powerhouse outfit, so we're gonna talk to Luke about all that stuff, and I, I haven't seen Luke since we were shit, since I was like 20 years oh, yeah. old, so I'm, I'm just really curious about what he's been up For to, sure. too, so uh, we'll be talking to Luke, and uh, what, what's going on with you, Tommy? I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. Really? I don't know why, but it, it feels like that.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't have like a ton going on right now. School's kind of trucking along. Oh, I do have something cool. I got my appointment for my COVID vaccine. Oh, right. Next yeah, so week, next, right? Next Monday, I'll be getting it in the morning. And then I have, they schedule both vaccines at the same time. So my follow-up one, I guess 21 days later or whatever it is, is right in the middle of my spring break, April 5th. So I'm excited for that. Uh, especially because now that means when my school goes back to being hybrid, I can go back into the classroom because that was a big concern yeah. of like, if I wasn't vaccinated and I get COVID because I have all these issues with my immune system because of losing my spleen when I was younger, I just, I wasn't going to be able to go back. And, uh, now I'm like, dude, I can't wait. I can't wait to get into a classroom. Part of it's just because I'm, I'm sick of the kids being like, oh, my Wi-Fi is not working. Like what? you 're sitting in front of me I guarantee you it's working like, I'll walk over there and look at your screen <laughs> yeah
0: if they're if they're on the computer it's working
1: yeah no they'll say things like oh because uh, you know we use Google meet to to like have run the classroom but like all the documents they need are on this other site called edge elastic so they'll go oh my edge elastics still loading and I'm like I don't I don't know if you're lying <laughs> like but if you're in the classroom with me I can just walk over and be like Uh, I'm looking right at it. What are you talking about? (laughs) So I'm excited for that. Uh, my wife also got her appointment to get her vaccine, but hers is really far away. She's got to drive out to York PA. So it's like a two and a half hour drive, but it is what it is. Look, I I'm really excited just to get somewhat back to what normal feels like. I I, I can't wait to go swimming, go to the beach, go to our movie theater is going to open again. I want to take my kids to the movies. Like I,
0: Uh, eventually right probably once we reach herd immunity or whatever
1: like i i i missed that experience we we took them to go see um gosh what was it i forget now but they were so excited and it was like the first time they were able to you know we took them when they were younger when they were like you know two years old like they can't sit through the whole movie like they they get too antsy and they're like i gotta go to the bathroom and i don't like this snack and i want to get like so when they were about four they sat through the whole movie and i was just so excited like we can do this on like a like once a month we can just come to the movie theater and just burn an afternoon hanging out here eating popcorn and spend time together like I that i i want to get back to that
0: yeah well do you want to know how i'm doing yes going? Not not good. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I think you know yeah. why. I don't want to talk about it yet on the show. Sorry for being cryptic, audience, but it's just one of those things. But my schedule is flipped upside down. Now I wake up. I don't eat breakfast. I start working right away. I think I, I usually eat lunch. And then I shower and get ready at like 5 or 6 p.m., and then I eat a late dinner. I'm not sleeping well. I just feel like crap all the time. It's it's just like, it's crazy. I feel crazy.
1: Jeez. Oh, I actually, uh, yeah. I don't eat breakfast or lunch. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I I never really was a breakfast person. And then with the way this schedule for my teaching works, I, I skip lunch most days. I just have um, just like something small, like an apple or something like that. I don't eat like a real like lunch, um. But yeah, I can totally, uh, yeah, when, when we're, when you're ready to talk about that, we'll have a full on conversation about it. But yeah, it's definitely, um, I think one of those things is also when you don't have sleep, it just throws your whole day off.
0: Yeah. Like the other night I woke up at one in the morning or two in the morning and I could not get back to sleep. I was just sitting there. And usually I just sit there all night staring at the ceiling or pretending, trying to sleep. And I was like, no, forget this. So I got up, I went over to my computer and fired up the emulator. And I just kept playing Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's punch out again until I beat him. And I did take him down once. Good for you. It took like 25 tries or something. He's really hard. Well, he, he's really one hard. hit
1: and you're done, right?
0: For the first minute and 30 seconds, he, he can take you down with a one oh, yeah. hit punch. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it things, are, things are crazy right now, and I just have to sit and suffer through it. It's just one of those things. But a lot of people have come out of the woodwork to support me. I have plenty of support. I have things I can do. I'm making sure I get out of the house. I'm doing what I got to do, and I think it's going to be okay, but it's just very, very depressing in the meantime. And, um, you know, I'll talk about it eventually, but today is not the day. And uh, we're in year two of the podcast now, Tommy. Year two. Isn't that strange to say?
1: <laughs> yes. It, it was still kind of like, I, I was talking to my mom last week and I said, oh, we had the one year anniversary of the podcast. And she was like, you've been doing that for a year? And I was like, yeah, isn't that strange? And she's like, it seems like you just started. It. I thought you started it only like a few months ago. I'm like, nope. Um, It's been a year. I'm like, It feels really new still. And,
0: or it's like one of those things that people just do and then stop, you know what I mean? So I feel like people would say like, oh, it's been a year or, oh, you're still doing that? Like one of
1: those. <laughs> I, I actually, one of the kids brought up today in class, they were like, hey, this Saturday, so this is going to air after this, but they were like, this Saturday is the last day of school we were actually in school last year, March 13th. That was our last day of school last yeah. year. And I was like oh shit it's been a year of just being in my basement like it's fucking (laughs) nuts dude it's still kind of like it doesn't seem real sometimes like i catch myself being like is is this still happening are we still we're still going through this like it's insane and I, i thought about this uh like oh yeah The summer. And I'm like, I can't even remember things we did in the summer. It was just like we just spent all day hanging around the house because you couldn't go anywhere. I've lost
0: all concept of time. Time, as they say in True Detective, is a flat circle.
1: We got it, fucking Nietzsche.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, I don't know. Everything just feels crazy lately, but uh, we're going to keep pressing forward. That's our motto.
1: <laughs> I didn't know we had a motto.
0: Keep pressing I forward. Like it. All right. Well, we're gonna talk to Luke now, so here he is. Enjoy. All right, folks. We're here now with Luke Carmen. Luke,
2: how the hell is it going? What's going on? I'm I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys?
0: Oh great, great. You know, man, I'm glad you're on the show because I haven't talked to you in probably 19 years it's
2: been quite a while <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> i was really glad that you like messaged me and let me know who you are yeah because i i didn't know it was you luke and i i always wondered like what happened to you <laughs> so i'm excited to find out about that yeah. but let's start off with something easy how are you doing today
2: i'm doing great today it was a, a nice sunny day i work outside so it was like really nice to be in the sun and working all day and um you know, not wearing five jackets and what do you do? Um, I do. It's it's called paintless dent repair. So I fix like dings and dents on cars. You know, like if a shopping cart hits your door or something like that, or another door. Or, you know, minor 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 body work. So I go to like different car dealerships um, and and fix all their cars. Like people that trade in their cars. You know, with have damage on them before they go back out on the lot. I fix them. Uh, I go to body shops. I go to people's houses. So it's a mobile business um been doing it for it's funny almost 19 years yeah
0: so you must have started the day after you stopped talking to correct
2: me. i was like you know what i don't <laughs> talk to keith anymore i'm gonna do this and and that's it that's that's what's happening
0: yeah man it's it's been a long time but we're here now doing this podcast so uh let's talk about where did you grow up where in bucks uh croydon pa ah yeah, yeah. that's where my dad grew up too really Old Croydon or New Croydon?
2: Uh new Croydon, like right across from the creek.
0: So how did you discover the scene? Now I remember meeting you. I was with Mike Shaw and Pat McCormick and maybe somebody else. And we went to it it was one of it was my first non Shaw House hardcore show. <laughs> this was an, this was an epic show. Dillinger Escape Plan, Converge, Turmoil for the Love of probably other bands that i'm forgetting and i remember you were there i think you drove okay it was that where you, was that at college or er, fuck oh uh, um, middlesex college yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah, yeah there were some epic shows there Dude, that was an awesome show
0: yeah man like that that's what like that's what got me into hardcore okay i had no idea who dillinger escape plan were or what was gonna happen and the place erupted like People were jumping on top of me. Uh, everyone was beating the crap out of each other. Two guys dressed in clown makeup were just pummeling people. Yep. There was blood all over the dance floor. Someone drew a pentagram in the blood. Like, <laughs> a
2: good I was time. hooked,
0: dude. Yeah, I was hooked yep. after that. I, I was, But like, tell us about, let's talk about your musical history first, like instrument-wise. Do you only play drums? Yep, just drums. Yeah. How did you learn and when did you start?
2: So I started playing when I was 12. Yeah. Um, so it's I'm 42 now, so 30 years I've been playing. 12 years old, I got my first kit. My uncle played drums, and uh, I remember being younger than 12 and being over his house and just learning things here and there, uh, basic things, playing along to songs. And then my mom tried to convince me that I should play an acoustic guitar instead of the drums, and I was like, Nah. <laughs> I took a couple lessons and I was like, "Not for me." And then uh, I took piano lessons for about six months, and again, it was like, mm, "This just isn't right either." So uh, I saved some money, bought my first set, and there it is. I was I was in the in the garage at my parents' house, just wailing away. I took some lessons from uh, the music store in Ben Salem that I actually started working at. It's called Philadelphia Music Company. So I took some lessons there for a little bit and then I ended up working there when I, I, I think I started working there when I was 14. I was like building drum sets for Christmas time or something. Wow. Um, and then just being around the store and being around a bunch of great drummers that would come in and out. It was, uh, that was it for me, man. I was like drums. That's it. That's, that's, that's what I'm doing. So all through, you know, I guess 12, 13, you know, the, the last couple of years of grade school. And then I went to high school and I had this great idea of playing football, this small person that I was. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, these two guys came up to me after football practice, these like monster people. And, uh, they came up to me and they were like, are you Luke? And I was like, yes, I am. And <laughs> my neighbor, was a senior when i was a freshman in high school so i had a lot of friends that i kind of knew from the neighborhood that were all seniors so i guess word had gotten out that i was a drummer i kind of had a band with a few friends that it was just like whatever you know we didn't know what we were doing yeah so these big football player guys were like we need a drummer in our band and i was like oh i kind of have a band and they're like you're gonna be in our band i was like (laughs) okay
0: yeah this this had to be life sick life
2: right no this was before that
0: oh okay because it it just seemed like something like you know like hey you're in our band now okay (laughs) i'm not gonna ask any questions
2: (laughs) (laughs) no this was uh this was a band called thanatopia Wow, and that was like my first thing first first band a couple years of that you know we played some shows here and there recorded and Whatever. There's there's some recordings floating around somewhere that I'm sure somebody has. I haven't been able what to What kind look. of band was it? It was like you know, it was it was heavy and I think it was more like grunge influence, you know, yeah. Pearl Jamish, ish uh, that whole Seattle scene. Cause I remember those guys were, were pretty into that. But there was a lot of metal stuff that 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 happened too. So it was like a it was like a grungy metal. Thing and then a couple of those guys went off to college, and that's when Rory came into the picture. So it was me, Rory, and this dude named Chris Connor that played guitar. And mm-hmm. um, we had another band, three piece band called High Ground Concept for a f- maybe a few months. We played in Bristol. Remember the Barefeet Cafe in Bristol? No, no, it was like this little place on Mill Street, and bands would play there. And it was just like these two hippie people owned it—the husband and wife—and I think it was like a coffee shop, and they had shows at night. It 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 didn't really last too long, but there was some there were some cool shows there. So we played there, and then after that is is that's the life, sick life. It started in about ninety five.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, I have a question. Was when you first linked up with Rory was he, and we're talking about Rory Haynes, folks. He's a legendary bass player Legend. from from Bucks County. He was in demiurge with Luke. Yeah. He was in life sick life with Luke and I don't know, he went on to be like a jazz bassist, I think. Yeah. That dude was a legend when he was like 18. Was he was he amazing when you started playing with him?
2: Yeah. So, he took lessons at the music store that I worked at and he would hang out with me and listen to, you know, I always had CDs playing behind the counter and you know, we had some a lot of good interest you know he'd come out of his lesson and i have some crazy thing on and he'd be like yeah so we got talking and and that's kind of the connection with me and rory so that was that and we linked up with jay you know our singer from life sick life he was another like music store it was everybody came into the music store and it was just like this big hangout like every time that i was there it was an amazing job um i'm still friends with the owner you know, to this day, my buddy, Tom, I learned so much stuff from him. He was a great drummer. Uh, learned a lot of business things from him. Um, just, just a great guy, but yeah, 27 ish years later, I'm still friends with him. And, um, so Jay, Jay comes in to the store, you know, he, same thing. He's like, yo, you know, I, I I I always hear you back there playing and you know, you need to be in my band. It was like always like this, you need to be in my band type thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's see, I love
0: that because I, I struggled so hard to get into any band and like, well, I, with drummers, it's a little different. But you have people beating down your door like, hey, you're in my band now. It's like, okay. I was like, well, <laughs> I, I, I kind of really don't have a choice.
2: So, um, just, yeah, sure. I don't have anything yeah. else going on. Let's do this. Life Sick Life was a good, you know, three, four, almost four-year run. And then, um, and then you know, Jay, unfortunately, he uh, he's not with us anymore.
0: Remind me if I have the story correct. He was in a new band. Mm-hmm. They were practicing in a storage space. Yeah. And there was somehow an incident with the space heater, and he tragically I think he caught on fire or yeah. something and died, right? Yeah, he
2: did, man. God, that's horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. He was, you know, one of my best friends, and it was uh that was a, that was a tough time. Were you still did were, did you still talk to him? I, like after Life Sick Life? We we kind of for a little while and then at some point we had a little bit of a falling out. What happened? I don't I don't remember what happened. It was probably some stupid fight. Yeah. And uh he had joined this other band. I don't know if it was maybe something about like the way that the band was going and we weren't having the four of us weren't seeing eye to eye and he went off on his own thing to try to start this other project. And mm-hmm. yeah, I hadn't talked to him for it was it was probably a good six months or more, and I think Before this all happened, we may have made up and at least been on like speaking terms. But I, 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 I I, like just don't remember a lot of things from back then with that because it was like a super tragic time. So I think I just blocked out some things from that, right? But uh, yeah, that was that was it was crazy. That was a crazy time.
0: Yeah. So did life sick life come to an end because? I guess people had different ideas of where they wanted the band to go and you just couldn't get on the same page.
2: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's kind of what happened. We had another singer, um, that came in, um, towards the end and we recorded some stuff with him. So we had two singers almost trying to do like a, you know, he was like a, like a rapper kind of. So we had like this, like hip hop kind of thing with what life sick life was doing. Yeah. And it wasn't working. And I, I think he kind of, that, that dude, lost interest and then it just kind of it just kind of like fell apart
0: yeah so, and that life sick life predates my time getting into the scene a little bit but now there was this video floating around of a life sick life show i think at uh some Legion hall or something
2: oh uh, probably one of those ones in in like philly like juniata or something like that maybe
0: yeah, and now this is a classic tape because Scarred for Life opened too. Okay. And this is the famous Scarred for Life show where Mike beat up Kevin the singer <laughs> on stage. In the, yeah, in the middle of the set. <laughs> now, now I don't know if I can get trouble I don't know if I can get in trouble for I can talk shit about Kevin, right? He can't like sue me or anything. I don't think he can. Oh, okay. I hate that dude. <laughs> i hate that dude and we we would watch that video over and over in slow motion and he he didn't like he said fuck you to mike and mike runs on stage <laughs> kevin doesn't even fight he crumples up into a ball and like covers his head and mike just like hits him a couple times yep. and then and then walks off and i was like yes yo now you were in a bit ba- oh, wait I don't want to be obvious here. You were in a band with this individual, K Nord. Yeah. Oh wait, that's too that's too obvious. <laughs> Kevin N. There we go. Yeah. yeah. K N. Uh, yeah. You were in Demiurge with him. Yep. He was the vocalist. Did you ever have any problem with him or did you guys get along okay?
2: We we got along. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't remember him being too difficult to deal with or anything, and I'm not really sure where the beef with him and Mike Miggs came up, but I definitely remember that show and I was like, Oh boy, this is this is not gonna be good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would love to know what that beef is about because Mike walks off stage and Kevin yells fuck you into the mic and yeah. that's the wrong person to yell fuck you to yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah basically
2: i'll have to talk to mike about that i i should have i kind of figured we would we would bring this up and i should, i should have texted Megs, uh Migs before this but <laughs> i didn't <laughs> we'll get to
0: the we'll get to the bottom of it but yeah that i i hope that video is still out there somewhere i would love to dedicate a week to posting that clip over and over oh again it would God. be amazing <laughs> yeah so we uh, unearthed the life sick life demo which we put up on our site and you know i missed the band back in the day and i i didn't really ever listen to the demo but i have to say when i put it up that first song got caught in my head for like a week yeah it, i like it it's really catchy yeah
2: yeah it's really it was it was it was simple the lyrics were real simple um yeah you know very repetitive and we were kind of just like eh, whatever you know we don't write lyrics we write music he's writing lyrics these are fine, whatever. Um, yeah. And it just worked for back then. It was just like great things for people to just like sing along to and kill each other over. And it was, it, it, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was a fun time. We played, we played a lot of shows in a short amount of time and it was, we had a great time with that band. How did you play like in Philly at all? We played in Philly. Yeah. We played Philly. Um, we did like Scranton, that that place CC's that everybody played at back then. Oh yeah, played there a lot. Um, yeah, we had some we had some good shows. We played at CC's with One King Down. That was pretty amazing.
0: Oh shit! Yeah. How, how
2: old were you when all that was going down? Uh, I guess I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen.
0: That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super fun. See, I think. Do you still have that big red drum set that you played back in the day?
2: I have it. Um, it's still mine, but it it's at Mike Lapone's house. Uh, the guitar player from Life Sick Life, my best bud. Uh, he needed a set for his music room, and I have a bunch of drum sets. So I was like, you know what? Why don't you take these and have them for your music room? So yeah, they're still like in the family, uh, part of the the Life Sick Life uh, memorabilia.
0: <laughs> yeah, were those the same drums you used in Life Sick Life? Yeah, I. Whenever I think of you, I always think of that drum set. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you ever think of? I think you were one of, if not the best, drummers in our whole scene. Did you ever consider like going pro or anything like that? I could, I could see you easily jumping into any band and just, just doing it.
2: I, I. It was always on my radar to just take it to the next level, and for whatever reason, it just, just didn't happen. You know, yeah. Um,
0: Do you ever have any regrets about that?
2: I don't have any regrets. No, because, you know, I think I'm, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And I think in the last couple years, I've really honed in on that. You know, like everything happens for a reason. Um, we meet everybody for a reason. You know, I got into um, teaching yoga two years ago, and a lot of things have come from that where, you know, I feel like a lot of people would have regret and look back and be like oh i should have did this or i should have did that and and the yoga path kind of teaches you that everything's laid out for you and and it's 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 all there you know you just have to follow that path and just just kind of just just like water flowing down a stream you know it just does its thing uh yeah. sometimes it deviates off that path if there's a rock or a bunch of sticks or a little dam in the way but for the most part that water just flows and and i just kind of always just you know took the path where it led led me
0: yeah you know i've had a lot of regrets in the past wondering like why didn't i put more effort into music why didn't this work out why didn't that work out but i've kind of come to the same realization that it was just not my path mm-hmm. it was it was something i was trying to force and for whatever reason it just it just was not the direction that life pushed me yeah. So, I don't know, I've kind of come full circle on the whole thing, and I'm like, hey, I'm right where I'm supposed to be.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, when you look at things that way, it, it really takes a lot of the burden off your shoulders to be like, you know, I, I, I did it, it's okay, you know, like, this this isn't for me right now, and, you know, there's always another opportunity that comes along to join a band or do something else or record. I know you just put a record out yourself not too long yeah. ago, right?
0: Yeah, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, two years ago, I think. So that that, and we were talking about this in a recent episode. Like, there will always be a musical project. There will always be another one. Mm-hmm. I usually go a few years between bands, but another one always comes up. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah. How do you get into teaching yoga? Do you have to get certified or something?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I did a, a teacher training, 200 uh, hour teacher training. Um, I've been thinking about it for a while cause I've been practicing yoga off and on for, you know, a good 13 ish years or something like that. Uh, more than on because, you know, yoga studios and guys are kind of like this weird thing yeah. and it's, it's, you know, I never, I never felt, I, I lived in Bucks County back then, you know, I live in South Jersey now for the last three years, Mm -hmm. But, uh, all the Bucks County studios that I went to, I just kind of never felt right there. I didn't feel like I belonged. And, um, you know, I like thought about doing a training and being a teacher and like, oh, this would be cool. This would be cool. I ended up doing my teacher training with Ray Capo from Youth of Today and Shelter.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So he's, he's my yoga teacher and, you know, through the last couple of years, we've become really good friends. Wow. Um, so he he runs a place up in upstate New York that does teacher trainings, and he's been into this certain type of yoga for about thirty some years, yeah, and um, I didn't really know what I was getting into when I went up there to do this, and I got there and it was like this this is the place this is this is exactly where I'm supposed to be right now, yeah, um, so yeah, I did it I do it two hundred hour training and uh i've been teaching for two years at a at a place right around the corner from where i live so i teach teach one day a week and um it's awesome i love it love it
0: tell us about some of the training what do you like what do you have to do
2: um well this this particular lineage this yoga lineage is called bhakti yoga um bhakti translates to devotional service so Mm -hmm. devotional service to something bigger than yourself um you know, we, we, we tend to think of Western yoga as, you know, the, the, the movements, the poses, the, the tight yoga pants that, that some people are going to wear to this class. and But bhakti is, comes from a long lineage of, you know, this yoga has been around since the beginning of time, is what, is what the yogis say, the ancient Vedic texts say. Uh, so a lot of reading from ancient texts happens um we go through a lot of you know how to breathe there's there was like a whole weekend on just breathing you know breathing is in yoga is called pranayama so we're learning basically learning how to breathe properly and um just just fundamental things that yoga teaches that you can take into your everyday life, you know, how to breathe, how to control the breath, how to hold these postures. And, you know, of course, you're going to be uncomfortable in some of these things that you're holding. But by training your mind and training your breath, you, you can get so much benefit from from that asana practice, that, that moving the body around.
1: It, I You know what? I was actually just going to bring that up. So when I was in college, uh, I played lacrosse and that was one of the, the best trainings we ever had was when we did stretching and plyometrics. They brought in this person and they described when we stretch, it should be. It's going to be painful and it's going to be uncomfortable, but when you breathe correctly and embrace that, there is almost like this oddly meditative state that kind of takes over like that you really start to you lose focus and i i always thought about like no i have to focus on making sure i maintain the posture and i'm doing this and i it should be painful and they're like no you should be stretching and the whole idea is that when i I remember the lady like coming over to me and she's like take a deep breath Mm -hmm. and i was like okay and she was like now exhale. And when I exhaled, she was like, reach a little bit further. And I was actually, I thought I was at my limit. And she just kind of like gently placed her hand on the small of my back and just pushed me a little bit more. And I was like, holy shit. Like my hand moved like another two inches. I was like, that is unbelievable. Like I actually was like for a split second, kind of like stood up and she's like, no, 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 go back to that. And I was like, no, but I kind of had this breakthrough. Like, that's really insane. Like, I didn't think you could do that. I thought I was at my limit and it really came down to just being focused and she's like she's like you know what the crazy part is is in the way she kept explaining it was the more that you focus on this the more that you tend to lose yourself in it and you become so much more relaxed Mm -hmm. and when i got done i was like i remember we would have like you know we'd have to lift like every day and then there was a one rest day and the one rest day was all like plyometrics and and stretching and it was like this is so like, that was That became my favorite day because one, you didn't have to go to the gym, which smelled like feet. Yeah. (laughs) And two, uh, you were, it was, I felt relaxed when I was done. Mm -hmm. I never, I never walked out of those being like, man, that sucked. There was times I walked out of the gym and I was like, I I feel like jello right now. I I just want to go home and lay down. There was something about like that stretching practice that I was like, this is really, there's something you kind of reach a point in your life where you're like, this is cool. Like this isn't, this is no longer feels like work. This is something I want to go and do. So yeah. I, I can definitely uh understand where you're coming from with that.
2: Yeah. It's I mean, it's amazing when you when you breathe properly and learn to focus. I mean, I I use that breathing in my drumming. I use it at work. You know, I'm always mindful of you know i get into some kind of strange positions to fix these dents on these cars so i'm i'm almost doing yoga on the side of the car hanging upside down and you know using these these tools to to fix these dents and um over the years i've i'm like well i'm i'm doing all these postures at work all day. So, you know, I'd be mindful to like, okay, well, why am I, ha- why do I have my shoulder up so high? I need to drop my shoulder down. I need to concentrate on my breathing. I need to relax my body. And then once I do those things, I can focus more energy and power into fixing what I'm fixing instead of being so uncomfortable in my body. So it's really, you know, it's it's something that takes quite a while to to figure out because most people, you, you know, you, you go to work, you do your thing and that's, you don't think about it, you know, like especially when you're doing physical work. I mean, but when you can bring breathing into it and focus into what you're doing, it actually becomes more of, you know, I don't think of what I do as like a job. It's just like, it's it's more me. Like I'm giving of myself to this work instead of just like, yeah, I'm fixing these dents and whatever. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm more present with everything that I do just because of the focus of it.
0: Yeah. That's
1: awesome. I'm into that.
0: I like that. These healthy practices, you know? Yeah. I I have some myself now, so that's good, because things were a little questionable there for a while, but (laughs) you need that. You need that centered base of stuff, whatever that stuff is. Mm -hmm. When you're learning from Ray Capo, do you ever talk about, like, shelter or anything like that, or is he he, like...
2: No, he's, um, you know, he he goes by a different name now, so he he actually lived in an ashram in India for almost seven years so wow. he, he goes by Roganoff now um, yeah but yeah he told all kinds of great stories and shelter stories youth of today stories and there was a bunch of hardcore kids that were in the the training so um oh nice yeah so it was it was kind of cool to meet fans from back in the day you know and he has stories of you know like being on the road and and stories of throwing his whole record collection out into the the crowd at, at the end of Youth of Today before he left for India, and just all <laughs> these amazing stories that I was like, I cannot believe I'm sitting here, and this is, like, the training that I chose to take is <laughs> just completely... That
0: really is, like, life being like, hey, here's the path for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, after Life, Sick Life... Mm-hmm. We start up Demiurge. Yep. Now, I'm conflicted talking about Demiurge because it was a good band, but it was fronted by Kevin N., it, who <laughs> I who I
2: really dislike. But first, it was fronted by Bill Sullivan. Really? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, really? Yeah. How long? Yeah, for, you know what? And maybe I'm messing this up. Maybe, maybe K. N. was first, <laughs> and then okay. Bill was after that. Oh. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like... That's that's up in the air, but Bill Bill sang for like a minute, mm-hmm. and then um, and then he was you know on to the next thing or whatever happened. I, I don't, but yeah, I think I think Bill maybe sang first, and then Kn came in after that. I see, yeah,
0: and it was a great band. I man, I wish I wouldn't have lost my tapes because I had filmed sets of Demiurge, Audience of One, Everybody, <sighs> but. It's yeah. all gone. They accidentally got thrown away. But, yeah. uh
2: somebody's got them.
0: Demiurge was good. That was an all-star band. You had uh, you and Rory. Well, all right, three-fourths of the band was all-star. The front man was a clown. But uh, <laughs> let's see. There was you on drums. There was Mike on guitar at first. Yep. And Rory on bass. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Colin Frangicetto of This Day Forward was on guitar for a, for a while. For,
2: yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, not sure how that came about and um he uh he stepped in for a little bit and and yeah that it seems like that band was only together for a short time and then all these people were in and out and we practiced in Rory's basement that was like our headquarters for quite a while and um yeah i'm not sure what happened It's just, I think, I think Rory was getting more into his jazz stuff and he was going to temple and I think the full-time school and then having a band, it was just too much. So I think, I think that was kind of the demise of Demiurge because Rory was just like, I just don't have any time and I got to learn like all these jazz standards. So
0: (laughs) yeah. And the front man went away to college. I remember I visited him at college with Pat Oh, he was so lame. He 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 lived directly above a record store and he he always acted like he was too good for like hardcore and and all the music in the scene. He's like he's like, "Yeah, I, I just don't really have time for that anymore." Oh. He lives above a fucking record store. Like <laughs> just go what downstairs. Time? Go downstairs and buy some. Oh, I <laughs> I don't want to go into the specific reasons of why I dislike that dude so much cuz I don't want to give it any more credence, but Sure. Terrible person. Yeah. I'll tell you after the show.
2: <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. know. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you and Tommy have something in common. You were both in a band with Anthony Green. hmm So, tell us about Jira at Rome. This is a. This is probably the least known Anthony Green band. Yeah. And it, it was only together for a very short time, but how does that come together?
2: Short time. So, Demiurge breaks up, and then me and my buddy Mike LaPone are back at Mike LaPone's house jamming just writing some tunes trying to figure out what we're gonna do uh our buddy steve who is another friend from the music store everybody like this music store i mean there's so many people came in and out of this store it was amazing Mm uh but our buddy steve started started jamming with us so we had two guitar players a couple weeks later he brought his brother in to play bass and we had you know we had a whole bunch of songs written very quickly Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like we wrote like five, you know, four or five songs like in a a very short time, and then we. I think we. I knew of Anthony before just from being at shows and whatever. I think we actually met for real, for real, at a Shaw House party where this day four was maybe playing at Shaw's house, Mm -hmm. and we went there with a whole bunch of people and Anthony was there and I guess we had, we were talking about the band and we needed a singer and Anthony was like, oh, I'll sing for you guys. And we're like, great, cool. Like we, we <laughs> remembered him from audience one and from, you know, just being at shows and stuff. I'm like, yeah, this, this, this'll, this'll be cool. Yeah. And he came to the, you know, to Mike's to, to try out or maybe just to start yelling. And we were like, yes, this is exactly this is it. This is what we yeah. need. He wrote lyrics like super quick. We recorded at Vince's place, Skylight. Mm-hmm. And we played, I don't, you know, we I don't think we played many shows. We played maybe 4, 5 shows. And Anthony was on to the next path, you know, just
0: how did he? How did he end? Because we talked about this with him before. Like he would just abruptly leave <laughs> yep. bands. Yep. Was it weird yep. at all? Or did-
2: I don't think it was weird. I think I think just we just didn't hear from him anymore. <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> yeah. like, where did he go? And we were like, well, <laughs> I don't know. And then I think you know we we you know we probably made a phone call or something, making sure that he was okay. And once we figured out that he was okay, it was just like, yeah, I'm just not into it or whatever else was going on. And I feel like back then it was just like, okay, that's that's what happens. That's what we do. And we just keep moving forward. And I, I never felt any like animosity towards people that left. Um, I know that like, you know, I remember like hearing from other bands and, and friends and stuff. And it's like, yeah, it was like always like a bad this, this, it was like a terrible situation when somebody left a band and we were like, eh, okay, well, whatever.
0: I love how mature you are because, like, I remember once I was just like kind of trying out to be in a band and we practiced a few times. Mm-hmm. And then they, they were like, yeah, it's, we're not doing it anymore. And I was like, oh. And then I saw they had a show book. Oh. And I called them up. I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like, I was like flipping out and, <laughs> man, you, Everyone just sounds so much more mature than me back then.
2: I mean, I'm sure there was other aspects of it that, you know, we were we were probably pretty bummed. But, yeah, I never remember, like, having anything bad to say about people. It was just like, oh, okay, like, this is, it was a bummer. I was definitely bummed at Jarrett Rome because that was, that was like, you know, after everything that happened with Life'sick Sick Life and Jay passing, you know, I I, I didn't know where music was going to go for me. But music's always been there, in the best times and the worst times. Like, so, and I really, really loved those Jarrett Rome songs. It was, it was very, like, very heavy. It was very fast, and yeah, you know, I think, I think me and I know Mike, you know, our skills had, had greatly improved from the last couple bands, and like just, just playing music together for a long time, and those songs were just like ripping it was it was that was some cool stuff so i was i was definitely bummed when it didn't work and then i think after anthony left or disappeared or you know like floated away then steve and chris the guitar player and the bass player they were kind of like yeah and then and then they were gone and then it was me and michael pone again (laughs) yeah and uh yeah and then and then on to the next thing
0: I remember seeing Jir at Rome once at Palenka Park, mm-hmm. and Anthony would do this thing where he held like the microphone up to his throat yep. and did like the death growl type thing, which was all the rage back then. Yeah. It was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, and he didn't like to face the crowd.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I lost track of you around... I mean, the last time Jir at Rome played is the last time I probably saw you. What, what did you do for the next 19 years? Like, me, I moved into Philly, and then I, I don't know, bounced around to various jobs, got high and, really high and drunk for, like, 15 years, <laughs> moved up to New York City, started a podcast, you know. What about you? What, what like, what have you been up to? What, give, a, give us some
2: highlights. Highlights. So, um, married, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Nice. They're awesome. They're, like, my whole life. How old were you when you got married? Well, I was married before. Ah. So I got married uh when I was twenty-eight, and that lasted for six years, and that fell apart. Yeah. And um and then I met my current wife shortly after that. And you know what that feeling and you know, it's talked about in movies and all these things where it's like that's you, you meet that person and it's like, yep, this is it. This, yeah. This,
0: I am convinced that that's not real. It's real. Are you man. telling me that it's real? It's real. Okay. It's real.
2: Yeah, it it happened very quickly after uh the f- the first marriage ended and um, we were both just like this is it? This is it. We we're we were like in 100% from like day 1. Wow. And um we've been together, I guess, going on 7 years now, and every day is awesome. I'm not making it up. It's 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 the best thing I've ever done. You know, having our having our little girl Montgomery. She is her her, her last her her name is Montgomery.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Do you call um, her Monty?
2: We call her Monty. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm familiar
0: with that one. Yeah. Wink, wink.
2: Yep. Um. So yeah, just doing that. You know, the family life now. Um. I'm running my business playing music still, yeah, always had a band, always, always playing. You know, we did Nailed Right In was uh, the next thing after Jear at Rome.
0: That sounds familiar. Who
1: yeah. was in that? Was Sullivan in that? Bill Sullivan, yeah. Bill Sullivan, yeah.
2: Yep, Bill was the first singer with Nailed Right In, so that was Mike Miggs, Michael Pone again, uh, our buddy Jay on bass, uh, Bill sang, Bob Meadows sang for a minute, and then John Costello was uh, – was most of the most of the time that Nail Ray and was together. Nice. Yeah. How long were you guys together? That was from like 2001 to about 2014.
0: Wow. Yeah, a long time. I'm surprised I never saw you guys. I kind of like disappeared after 2003 when this day forward broke up. Mhm. But, you know, like, did you guys do any touring, or what was the deal?
2: We didn't tour. We played, we played a lot. Um, we maybe did some local tri-state area type things, but um, I yeah. don't think any of us really had the time to to commit to, like, more than that back mm-hmm. then. And I think that's always what it was. Like, I think we all wanted to do more, but I, I just don't think we had the time. You know, we all worked, and we, you know... Um, had other things that were you know pretty important as well so leaving for a long time wasn't really something that we could do so we yeah. just like made it work with weekends and whatever but we 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 played a lot with that band we it was that was a fun band um but more on the metal side so uh yeah you know we we were all a bunch of old metal heads i mean we 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 were in the hardcore scene for for what it was and but we always kind of pushed more towards the metal side of things
0: yeah whenever i think of bill sullivan i think metal metal yeah yeah definitely (laughs) you sound like me it's like i never made the jump to just doing music Mm full-time i didn't know how to do that like how to sustain my lifestyle and do that at the same time my number one priority was always supporting myself because i i did not want to have to move back home. Right. <laughs> because at the scene, it was like, at the time, it was like not a good scene there. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to pay rent. I had to pay bills. I had to sustain myself. So it was always like, I'm working nine to five, and then I'm doing the band around that whenever I can.
2: Yeah, that's kind of how it was for us, too. And, you know, that was enough. We had Thursday night practice was like a thing for, I mean, forever, you know? yeah. It, it was just like part of our life. Thursday nights, we're at the practice spot for a few hours, hanging out, writing music, getting in arguments with each other, whatever was happening. But it was always it was always a fun time. So let's
0: talk about your new band or your latest band. Now i I was excited to see that you're doing a post rock project because I'm a huge post rock head. Uh-huh. Tommy as well. Oh, yep. Yeah monsters eat people i've checked out the the ep on Bandcamp. this is really good stuff and folks check it out monsters i think it's just at monsters eat people on instagram right yep Yep. yeah this is good stuff tell us how this came together
2: so we had another band before monsters eat people it was called samsara or curse of samsara Mm -hmm. we started out with samsara then we figured out there was another band somewhere so we changed it. We just put curse of in front of it. So that was a, a project with Dave Fox and a, a couple other like Philly, Delaware County guys. Yeah. And I met Dave through another friend of mine, another tattoo artist, my friend Scott, him and Dave have been friends for a long time. And Dave's in the metal. I'm in the metal. He's like, you guys should meet, you guys should have a band. And we, they had some other project. that was their drummer left. I came in we changed the name, wrote a bunch of songs, and that was like this, like super fast, like deathy, techy metal. We did that for a couple years, and mm-hmm. Dave decided to move to California to open a tattoo shop. He was out there for a year, and while he was out there, the remaining guys from Samsara. Minus the singer. The singer had a bunch of other projects going on at the time. So he he kind of started doing his own thing and just couldn't commit to the time with us anymore, which was cool. Again, whatever. We were just jamming on some instrumental stuff, no singer. And then Dave came back from California and we were like, Yeah, we this is kind of what we're doing. We're trying to do this like spacey, weird instrumental stuff. And he was like, Yeah, cool, awesome. While Dave was away, Mike Lapone came back to play guitar with us for a bit. And then when Dave came back, there was like three guitar players in the band. And uh yeah, we wrote all the songs on that EP. And um here we are. Played a bunch in Philly, you know, had had fun with it and then um and then music just ended. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was the last show you went to? I think the last gig I went to was December 27th, 2019. It was Plaque Marks. That's the band with uh, Doug Sabolik and Pat Troxel, Mike McGinnis, and Pat
2: Troxel. Oh, okay, I don't know. Yeah, I, I in know
0: uh, in Bushwick, uh, in Brooklyn. I think that was the last gig I went to. Do you remember the last one you went to?
2: I don't, because my daughter. You know, I kind of like gave up the nightlife thing. Um, because I had to sleep at some point. <laughs> Tommy, you know it.
1: Oh, my God. I have three kids. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it's one of those things that, like, I make time every, I hate to say this, every year to, <laughs> to go see a, a couple bands. Like, yeah. But usually it's, I go with Keith to go see All Else Failed whenever they get back together. And then uh, this is hardcore or whatever other big show is kind of coming through. But like, yeah, it's that trying to balance your family and going out. It's just there is no balance. It's like going out just drains you because the cycle of what it takes to maintain at home doesn't stop. The dishwasher needs to get emptied. The clothes need to get folded. Kids need to get snacks and meals. Like kids have to go to school. Like shit needs to get done. And sometimes it's really like I carve out enough time to do this podcast every week. But, um, you know, I always think about like, you know, Keith's like, we should, you know, there's like, like, what if a project came around? Like, I don't know if I do anything. Like, I I don't, I, I just, I get so much satisfaction out of being with my family. Like, I I think that's one of the things that, uh, has kind of like really shaped the way I think about just life in general now is like, I used to get satisfaction out of things like, you know, going out with my friends or getting drunk or like whatever it was. And it's like, now I really, I, I try to be very present when I'm with my kids, because especially now, like we, like my, my youngest daughter is 17 months and like, she's getting bigger every single day. And it's like, this is the last kid we're having. So I'm like, this is the last time I'm going to see someone's first steps. This yeah. is the last time I'm going to see, hear her first words. Like, so I, I, I make it a point to be like when I'm done teaching every day, I like I go upstairs and it's like everything else, like my phone gets plugged in. My Apple watch comes off like everything, like those ways to check out and like be engaged in something else go away. Like, because it, I I feel like, um, I don't know, it, it's just, it's it's such a, it's it's so gratifying that it's like, I, I feel like I would be uh, doing myself a disservice if I didn't spend all, or not all my time, but be really focused during that time. But I, I think being older now, it's like, look, I'll just, I'll carve out some time and, and go to shows because I still, I still love that feeling of being in the middle of chaos. oh yeah that that i still like i can't i i can't wait until i see all else failed again or uh, just any band that is just like that creates that type of room like that where the everything just gets electric and
2: it's did you
0: guys see that furnace fest lineup yes (laughs) holy shit luke Uh, did you see it
2: no i haven't seen it is that for next year i guess
0: it's for this September. Okay. It's literally every band we've ever liked. <laughs> oh, I was wait. Is, say.
2: That, is that that thing in, like, it's down south, right? Yes. It's yes. in Alabama, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I,
0: I bought a ticket. I hope it happens. I already booked the hotel. I'm going. Awesome. I'm going. It, yeah. Every every single band. All of them.
2: But, yeah, a, a buddy of mine that uh, at one of my dealerships, he, he actually had tickets for last year. And um, yeah. he was telling me, like, a- every day he would see me and be like, and these guys are playing, and these guys are playing. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy.
0: It, it almost seems like a joke. You know, like <laughs> how they make those joke Coachella posters? And, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's – I, I, I don't even know what to say. But, Tommy, I hear what you're saying. Like, when you're married, when you have children, when you have multiple children, when you're in a relationship – you can't just do whatever you want. Like Tommy, you can't drop everything and be like, "Oh, I'm going to this show in Philly at Kung Fu Necktie. Yeah. Uh, you watch the kids. I'm, it's she, your wife would be like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> you you have to like plan these things in advance. There's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of considerations. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but yeah, like and that's the other thing that goes along with it. Like like tonight, like I'm doing the podcast down here. Like I ran upstairs after work and I got dinner ready. And I cleaned up dinner. I filled the dishwasher. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take time away from being with them. But my wife doesn't have the added difficulty of like, now I got to go clean up the kitchen. Now I got to go do the dishes. Like all the shit that goes along with it. It's like when you're trying to watch, a, like, the, you know, the baby's like mobile now. She like runs. So it's like, you can't just be like, I'm going to go in here for 20 minutes and do something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. the work. <laughs> the, the baby, like she figured out the other day Like my, my one daughter, uh, Evelyn like loves Legos and she just has these huge Lego things she builds and they're not like the, Oh, I followed the directions. Like she just builds these gigantic things and she has this huge organizer that goes along with it, but she builds on our dining room table. Well, the baby figured out the other day, if she moves the chair just out from a little bit from the dining room table, she can climb up. So like I I left her alone, what felt like maybe it might've been honestly like a minute I came into my one daughter screaming, no, don't touch it. And I'm like, what is happening in there? And I walk in, the baby is literally trying to crawl up onto the table at this point. She's standing on the chair already wow. and she's trying to knock over the Lego thing. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I go up and grab her. I'm like, oh my God. Like we have like, we don't have carpets in that room. I'm like, if she falls from here, this is going to be a hospital visit. Oh my word. Like, so um, yeah, like Keith, like you were saying, it's just, it's about that the considerations that go into prepping for stuff like that. Uh, just because I, I always feel like I need to be respectful of each other. Like we we don't have infinite time in this world, and to take away somebody else's time to say I'm going to go do something for myself when I know that my wife gives up so much of what she wants to do or what she wants to be focused on to take care of the kids. Like I I would feel like I I would feel like a complete, like terrible dad. I'd be like, I'm a bad husband. I'm a bad dad. I have to do this stuff because it's just, if I don't do it, it's now the burden's all on her. And like the whole thing with our marriage has always been about like, you know, division of labor. Like you do this, I do this and we're consistent with it. And, saying, thank you. Like, look, Hey, did you get the dishwasher done? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Like just being, it's showing that gratitude for even the little things. It goes so far because one, you take stock of what you need to really be doing in this world. And then on top of that, um, the other person in the relationship feels like, yes, you know what? I, I, I know I took time out to do this today, but there was that, moment of appreciation like even if it's just a hug or a pat on the shoulder or hey thank you so much for doing that just a few kind words that it goes so long because i know i've done like on a saturday done like five loads of laundry and then my wife will be like at the end of the day she'll like give me a big hug and she's like thank you for doing that today she's like i know your entire day revolved around doing the laundry i'm like thank you for acknowledging that it sucked <laughs> but everybody has clean clothes for this week.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's a balance and, you know, when, when it can be a teamwork effort to do things is, is, is awesome. I think more people should hear that and do it, you know, instead of just being so, you know, so many people just don't do that and it doesn't work, you know, like it, it, it's, it's a teamwork effort that, that makes things work the way they do in a house and,
1: well, it's also, like, I mean, I, I'm sure, like, with, like, your practice, like, you go through this, Luke, where you probably spend time during your day of, like, focusing on things you should be grateful for. Like mm-hmm. Because if you don't take that time to even just acknowledge it, you really do start to take even, the, like, the small things. Like, just you just take them for granted. And it's, it's not it's not a healthy practice. It's not something that I look at and go, Oh, I'm glad I did that. It's like, no, when I take five minutes out of my day just to be mindful about, yeah, today sucks. Like, yeah, I have a lot to do today. Like I've been up since six, like shits. I, I, I still haven't worked out. Like I still have a whole bunch of stuff to do, but in my head, I'm going like, you have a lot of things that you should really be thankful for. Yeah. People are, people are out of work. Yeah. People are sick. Like, you know, uh, and going to the extreme with it, like somebody took their last breath today, like, yep. you know, somebody said goodbye to a loved one that they will never see again. And it's like being in that moment of like, look, I I'm grateful for what I have and I'm so appreciative of it. Um, it definitely helps your mental health. It absolutely. really, it, it absolutely makes a huge difference.
2: That's how I start my day. I mean, before I get out of bed, I, you know, have some little prayers that I say and, um, uh, list uh, you know i make a gratitude list every single morning before i put my feet on the floor and that can change your whole day oh okay. yeah you know i i say this a lot in my class my yoga class to my students you know because you know sometimes you, you you know as a teacher you become almost like a like a therapist to people you know they 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 trust that they can tell you something and it's it's not going to leave that room, you know. It's going to be re, remain between those me and and the student. Um, a lot of people have reached out to me through, you know, internet, you know, social media type things to to okay. say like, wow, I really appreciate what you said in class today. Because there's always a message, you know, before we start the actual physical practice. There's a you know ten minute little dharma talk is what it's called, you know, some kind of spiritual based. You know, I'll read a verse from the Bhagavad Gita or something like that, or share a story that that my teacher has, you know, shared with me. Um, just some kind of motivational, great little thing that people can take with them throughout the weekend or throughout the the week or whatever. But uh, a lot of people, especially lately, with everything that's going on in our world, it's like a lot of people are hurting. Oh yeah, and to give them. Something to take home with them is almost more beneficial than the actual physical movement that they've come there for. But yeah, the gratitude thing is huge. I mean, if you're ever at any point in your day you're feeling like, "Oh my god, this is this this is," you know, put your work down, step away from whatever you're doing, you sit down for a minute and just make a list of five things that you're grateful for, and you can return back to your work with a whole new outlook on, on what's going on. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Gratitude is, is huge, man.
1: It's- I, I, I started this a while ago just because um, somebody had sent me an email, but it was free. There's that app on um, the app store called calm. Oh yeah. And it was free for educators. They were like, you get a free lifetime subscription. And I was like, get the hell out of here. Oh, well, so that's awesome. I, I emailed them. Cause if you get like a lifetime subscription, it's like $400 or something like that. It's wow. some ridiculous amount. Right. Um, and I've been consistently using the one they have, uh, a meditation. It's vi- it's really short. Uh, it might be like 15 minutes long, but, um, it's about, uh, just being mindful during your daily routine and kind of like exactly what you were addressing Luke, but they use this thing called the, see hear feel technique okay and and it's really kind of just based in like all right uh y- you take a moment to see things around you that you can appreciate you hear the sounds that are around you and take them in and address them for what they are and then take a moment to feel your seat like if you're laying down or whatever position you're in the way your body's moving and just those moments of kind of like Just taking a second to address those things and just take your mind off of whatever, you know, ridiculous list you have in your head of like the things I have to accomplish today or what meetings I have to attend or where I have to speak or what I have to teach. And I go, okay, I'm going to be in this moment for now and just breathe. And it it is literally, it's it's so liberating because you really do feel like a different person after that. And like you said, Luke, it can change your entire outlook on a day. Yeah. Like, and
0: Yo, it, what if you were the CEO of Calm and you, know, you got caught on tape screaming at somebody? <laughs> <laughs> it could yeah. sink the whole company.
1: You know what's really funny? On that app, there's a I I don't know if she's like the main person, but she's one of the like consistent voices. Um her name is Tara, and I can't listen to anything she does because she says the word body really weird. She body she yes yes that's it dude, <laughs> dude. she goes focus on your body. Your, <laughs> body your body is now lying in a position where you feel comfortable i'm like jesus Christ, lady, are you out of your mind i can't even all i can focus on is that singular i'm just literally i'm like waiting for her to say it again i'm like and it just takes me out of it the whole time i'm like i can't i can't listen to this i don't know Hold how it. i guessed
0: that but i just i just did somehow your body is now feeling I'm like oh stop lady well, we're we're winding down here. So, Luke, is there anything that you want to plug before we exit here? It's bands, yoga practices? Um, Give it to us.
2: Check out check out Monster Z People on on Instagram. Um, I think there's probably some videos up on YouTube if you search it. My Instagram, Luke Carmen, nineteen uh, seventy eight. I'm easy to find on Facebook. I've been posting uh, all, all of last year for twenty twenty. I took I guess I did this thing 365 days of quotes. So every day I would post a quote and a little addition, you know, some little story or, you know, a little positive thing. So every single day for last year, I decided to, that was going to be like my gift to everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. I really struggled with like, um, you know, I wanted to just delete all social media and just like go away from all of it. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you know, like I use this for my bands, I use this for work, you know, for marketing for my business. Like I can't really step away from it, but I think I could use it to do something positive. And I had so many people reach out to me and you know, thank you for that today. I needed that today. I've been struggling with this, I've been struggling with that. So, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it going for the whole year. And then for 2021, I'm just doing like random you know, a day here, a day there. So, you know, if anybody wants to follow me for some cool positive quotes, that would be fun.
1: Yeah. You post a lot. You've actually posted a couple that like ones that I've seen before because, uh, we follow the same one, the daily stoic. Oh yeah. Yeah. So his books are amazing. Yo, I, so he, that dude is so good. Uh, he wrote it, you know, so he wrote a kid's book. His name's, uh, Ryan Ryan Holiday. holiday. Yeah. So he wrote a kid's book. Um, I forget the name of it but it's yeah. like uh, there's something about uh the little boy who was a king or something like that
2: oh, um, i don't know about this
1: yeah so it he just published it i think about a month ago um but yeah i got his book probably about a year and a half ago a mutual friend of keith and i this kid chris riley um he sent me a pdf of it and he was like dude it's 99 cents just go buy it like uh, i'll send you the pdf so you can print it out it's awesome though and at Honestly, it's one of these things where it's it's short little clips, or like you know, a quote from Seneca or Marcus Aurelius, and then there's a short reflection on it afterwards. Uh, and there's one quote for every single day, and it literally there's some of them that you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't as great as the other ones, but there's some of them that are profound things that I kind of like go, I'm going to keep this in mind during my day because this definitely can change the way I perceive things, and more importantly, the way I react to stuff. Because y- you can't change other people's actions, their behaviors, their words, but you can change how you react to it.
0: Yeah. I like the little daily positive affirmations, Luke. I th- I used to make fun of that kind of stuff a lot, but I think it's important now, mm-hmm. and I partake in it myself. And, you know, I find myself focusing more on the positive in all events in my life, you know, things aren't so great right now, but I'll be like, oh, this sucks. But here are some things that are awesome. I have a support network. I have people I can talk to. This is good. That is that is good. I find myself focusing on the balance rather than just saying, this sucks, everything sucks.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could, you could adopt that mantra that, you know, you could let that run through your day, your head all day long. You know, this sucks. My job sucks. This is tough. This is hard. Um, and you start to become those things that you hear. Yes. You know, yes. you start to become the things that you see, the things that you watch, the things that you listen to. So if you fill your head with more positive things, you know, it's 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 a given that that you're going to have a, a more positive outlook. So you could you could run that negative mantra all day or you could run that positive mantra all day and you know, like that that PMA thing, it, it's real. It's you, you can totally change your whole life, your whole day, your you know, minute to minute, you can. It, it's it's up to you. It really is.
1: That's one. I'm those, with you on that. That's one of those dudes on Instagram that I follow just because it, I like how he fights with people in the comments. The John Joseph from Chromex.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: dude. He fucking <laughs> he'll say some wild ass shit and then just fight. Like you think like oh somebody says something like you know trying to troll him in the comments. You're like oh he's gonna ignore that. He doesn't. Nope. Not like at, at all. He just fucking goes after everybody. It's some of the funniest shit. It's some of the days where I'm like, I'm gonna go see what he has to say. And it was like, him just posting a video, of him watching the news, being like, Look at his mama Luke over here. Blah, blah blah It's just like going off on people. It's hilarious. Yeah, he's uh
2: he's 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 a good dude. He's actually into the same same kind of yoga that uh me and, and my and Raganoff, you know, Ray Capo come from the same Lineage, this Bhakti Yoga. So John says a lot of the stuff, th- that, that same positive stuff that that we've learned through this Vedic teaching, you know, that's been passed down from generation to generation. So it's um, there's a lot there's a lot of it out there. There's a lot of people that are getting into this uh, this Bhakti Yoga, and um, it's awesome. But yeah, I'm teaching anybody in South Jersey. Check out Lavender Koi Yoga. Um, we do Zoom classes. So if you're not in South Jersey, you can take a class with me on Zoom. Or you can drop in on a Saturday morning and, uh, you know, spread some, some good vibes.
0: That sounds awesome. Yeah, we're going to tag you in the post. So get in touch with Luke. He does it all. paintless dent removal, yoga, phenomenal drummer. And, you know, Luke, uh, I just want to say thanks for coming on the show. This is, I love that I have this platform because I get to catch up with people I haven't talked to in almost decades. And, you know, I, I just like to highlight musicians that i love that we love i i think you're one of the best drummers that i know so it was just great to have this opportunity to catch up
2: thank you for that keith man i really appreciate it and i really appreciate the show you guys put so much work and effort into it i'm grateful for you guys for uh, asking me to to be on and this was like super fun man
1: awesome thanks again Tommy. luke yeah thank you so much luke and it yeah like he <laughs> when uh i remember when uh Demiurge was forming. Uh, I was talking to Anthony about it. He's like, yeah, dude, it's like a super group. It's like all the best. He's like, it's all the best musicians. It's It's like Rory, Rory, Luke. Uh, And I was like, who's playing guitar? And he's like, Colin. I'm like, what? (laughs) What is happening? What are you talking about? He's like, dude, it's fucking nuts. He's like, it's going to be fucking awesome. And then same thing. Same thing when J.R. Rome started. He was like, well, we got Luke. And I'm like, all right, well, this is going to be awesome. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Thanks, guys. That means a lot.
0: There you have it, folks. Luke, Carmen. That was an awesome discussion. You know, I, I just love... Well, one, he like I told him, he's an amazing drummer. He would, like, wh- like you said to him at the end, when he was in a band, I was like, okay, this band has to be a big deal. Because he was like the best. He had to be one of the most sought after. I wasn't like in on the planning of bands because I was never in one or asked to be in one. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. No. Um... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like when when he was in a band, I knew it was going to be a good band. Oh yeah, and two, the whole yoga practice, everything, just solid dude all around.
1: Yeah, I I love the fact that he's very grounded. Like, I, when people sometimes talk about like you know the past, they're like, yeah, well we could have done this, and if this was about to happen, or we thought we were going to make it with this. He's very like resigned to like, no, what happened happened, and I'm just moving forward. Like,
0: yeah, he sounds very mature. I loved that because I was not and still am not sometimes. Like look, I still hate KN after all these years and love talking about it. Luke is just like he just kind of lets things go. He's like, yeah, it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I I think with that kind of stuff, especially with when it comes to like things that it, it, they happened 25 years ago, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm never going to let it go. I clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I I just uh i'm i'm like it's it's i feel like to me it's like wasted energy like it is i have a finite amount of energy and i fucking i just i feel like i can't spend it on stuff like that and you know that's
0: why i didn't go deep on it i i I actually had a whole segment in my mind where i was going to delve into why i dislike this individual so much and and all these things but i didn't do it i pulled back
1: I liked your Simpsons reference there for a little bit. Yeah, did you like I, I knew I, you'd catch that. I didn't want to say anything into it cuz in my head I'm like I don't want this to be about the Simpsons cuz it was definitely something that was interesting and we were talking about but I was like I'm going to say something afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I have to address that. No, 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 yeah. that's too obvious. Uh L Simpson. <laughs> yeah.
0: I use that one all the time. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm really into what Luke was talking about and kind of manifesting your own destiny and changing your life for how you want to be it i'm into all that shit i believe in that i believe you can take control of your own life i believe you can manifest now i'm not talking about i know there are large groups of people who are kept down by our awful society and and all of that stuff but i'm talking about i'm talking about if you're miserable if you're addicted if some forms of depression i think in some cases you can seize control of your life and manifest the reality that you want. Yeah, and yeah. I'm I'm into that, and that's because of my experience. Like I was miserable, addicted, depressed, never talked to anybody, sat inside, watched the same three TV shows and movies over and over and over again. And I pulled myself out of that and gave myself a life. So I'm I'm into the idea that that's possible. I realize it's not possible for everybody, but. I'm really into the idea that that's a possibility and that you can do that because I want people to improve.
1: I think you nailed the, the part of it that I was going to kind of focus on, which is there are things in, in the world that we have control over and, yes. things, and things we don't. Yes. The key to being happy is identifying the things you have control over and exercising control. Like, okay, yes. I have control over this. I can change the way I it either affects my life or the way I think about it. You know, there's certain things that you just can't, you, you can't change things. Like, you know, like there's certain things at school that I'm like, I'm just not happy with the way this is going, or I'm not happy with the policy we have on this. And it's like, I can't do anything to, you know, change that. I'm not an administration. I'm not in charge of making those decisions. But at the same time, I can look at it as, okay. I can't change that but I can look at it in a way that allows me to move past it and not dwell on it and not make that a focus of like well we're still doing this like who cares teach better do get better at what you can do which is making the you know making my lesson interesting and making it something kids can be like oh this is useful because of this application Mr. Doherty showed us I can do this because Um, I know how to be able to like, think about this properly, but there's so many things that are just out of our control and we spend time and effort and energy worrying about them. It's like, dude, you just like, you know, what if you get cancer? What if you step off a fucking curb tomorrow and get hit by a bus? Like, you know, there's a ton of what ifs, but the stuff you have immediate control over, we tend to be like, well, I'll change that later. It's like, no fucking work on it now, dude. Like, yeah, I, I actually was having this conversation with a friend the other day about like, they were like, you know, um, I am i haven't had a drink in like a few weeks. And I was like, cool. Well, how do you feel? And they were like, great. I'm like, good. Embrace that. Like, don't like think like, okay, well, when this month is over or when this period of time is over, I'm going to go back to it. Like recognize that you feel great without it. And then if at some point in time in the future, you're like, you know what, maybe I want to have a beer or I want to have a drink. Indulge, whatever, do what you want to do, but recognize that there's times where we haven't had control over those things and it's gotten out of hand and what the repercussions were like, that's what keeps me straight with certain things is I go, I never want to get back to this point.
0: Imagine being able to control that. I wish
1: I could. We've had this conversation before, but I still think back when people say, I'm going to go out for a drink after work. I'm like. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard.
0: That always just depressed me. I always think about this. I was out with some coworkers. And we we were just at a bar having a meal and drinks. And I remember being so sad. I was like going outside and like puffing down two cigarettes going back in. And I'm like, let me call the guy. And I'm like, are you in Manhattan or Brooklyn? And he's like, Brooklyn. And I'm like, shit. And, I, <laughs> and I'm like rushing through this meal to go home to call the guy to, to have him meet up with me. And it was just like, that's all kicked off by one drink.
1: And I, I always think about this, like one drink, like what I liked about drinking was the feeling I got from being drunk. One drink never did that. Yeah. I, it would be three, four, five. And then that, that line between buzzed and having a good time and hammered, was just so blurry and it was like sometimes i would be like oh i'm just going to have a couple drinks tonight and then i would wake up the next morning and be like oh i overdid it again and it's like how many times are you going to say again how many like cuz this is we're like it's twice this week <laughs>
0: like like i'm i'm just always amazed that you can control it you just kind of stopped and like sometimes you'll just have one i think that's incredible
1: i think with me i think the thing is is like i have kind of relegated it to like i actually I was thinking about this uh it was gorgeous outside today that makes me want to drink and i don't know does that do you get that thing like where you want to get like you want to get high because like it's nice out again oh yeah any
0: okay. any te- every single change of season
1: <laughs> it's cold out let's get high
0: <laughs> yeah no uh summer to fall Fall to winter, winter to summer, or winter to spring, spring to summer. Every season change really makes me want to get high a lot.
1: I always thought of that that spring outside when it's cold enough that like you would need a sweatshirt, but not cold enough that like you're freezing, like you wouldn't need gloves and a hat kind of feeling. Yeah, uh, we got that fire pit uh, probably about four or five years ago, and I remember being like. This is the best feeling in the world, being outside with my family, drinking a couple beers, sitting around the fire, telling funny stories, you know, blowing bubbles, doing whatever, like funny stuff. And it was like, this is amazing. And I think that's what I kind of go back to when if I do have a drink, it's like it has to be the right moment and the right time. And it has to be about like, I'm not getting wasted. Yeah, And actually, I was thinking about this because it's nice out today. We're going to go up to the Poconos this weekend. We're going to go visit uh, Kelly's family. Both of her parents are fully vaccinated now. Her sister's fully vaccinated. Her brother is a surgical tech. He's been fully vaccinated for like two months. Um, so we're all going to go up and hang out at her house or at her parents' house. And I'm like, you know what, when we go up there, especially when it's like this type of temperature, like in the fifties, like maybe they always do like a fire pit out back. And I'm like, you know what? I probably have a beer. Yeah. But I'll have a beer and then be done with it. it. It can't, I can't ever let it get to that point where I'm like, that feeling of being out of control is, is um, it, it makes my soul hurt. <laughs> like it, yeah. And it, I,
0: if you can do that, that's great. I I have, you know, prior to stopping everything, I field tested every combination of things that I possibly could. There was a point in 2011 or 2012 where I stopped everything for 30 days. Because, and I say it's because, like, I wanted to take a break, but it's really because I had negative $1,200 in my bank account. <sighs> and I was behind on rent and bills and, like, so it was really just because I didn't have the money. Yeah, and I had to not party for thirty days to catch up with rent and bills, and then around day thirty-two, I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna ease back in," and I think within two weeks it was like a complete disaster again. <sighs> so there's just no, there's just no way I can do it. Sadly, yeah,
1: yeah there's no balance. There and, isn't, I, and I think. Um, With me, one of the things that I consistently go back to when I'm like thinking about drinking, I've told this story on the podcast before, but like I got drunk in the morning once. (laughs) And (laughs) Yo, I did that before. I was really depressed
0: about a a breakup in like 2007 or something. So I, I had all this Guinness and Sparks in my fridge, and I think I downed like one of each before work or something.
1: Yeah, I did. That's it on, an awful combination. I did it on a weekend, but it just didn't stop all day. And then I felt like trash. Like, I felt like I, I was not only disappointed in myself, but I was like, I felt sick, like physically ill. But there was this weird and it, the way I can explain it is kind of like I felt nothing. I felt like numb. Yeah. And I was like. I don't want to ever feel like this again. I don't want to ever put myself in a situation because like I was watching, I was literally, I felt like I was watching life happen around me. Like things were happening and I was just going like, I was like a spectator. I was like, I I can't even be a part of this. Like I felt like I had broken part of my, I guess soul is the best word. Like it, it was this like pang, like this feeling in my chest, almost like heartbreak, like, ugh. I've done some damage. like
0: Yeah, you know, every every summer used to go by, and I would spend the entire summer sitting inside on my bed watching The Wire for the 45th time or whatever movie or show I was watching at the time. I would sit inside the entire summer and watch TV and get high, and that was it. And at the end of every summer, I would always have this sinking, sad feeling, like like what you're describing, like the whole world is just passing me by. And there's not a goddamn thing I can do about it. Yeah, and I don't get that feeling anymore. Oh, that's so and that's a big relief.
1: It is, and it's also, you know, what actually makes me feel really great about this is that, and I hate to like make this like a kind of like big thing, but I feel like skateboarding with my daughter kind of saved that because I have to get up er- in order to be at the skate park where it wasn't crowded. And, you know, Ellie could actually go and like, you know, try new tricks and not be in people's way. We had to be there early. And there was nothing like getting up at, you know, five 45 or 6. AM and waking up a six year old and being like, ah, this is good. It <laughs> Like just, just like going through the motions and then, You know, I would get frustrated while I'm there, like, or I would fall and and be like, That's it, I'm done. And she'd be like, Really? Like, I'm still having fun. This is great. I'm like, you can still skate, I don't care. Like, yeah. And it was like, I'm I'm literally watching opportunity of spending quality time with my daughter passing right in front of me. Yeah. Because I'm a dick and I can't fucking I, I don't know when to say stop. And I think that was the scariest part for me, was like I think taking that huge break of like, I'm just not going to drink for a while. And when I feel like I'm going to drink again, I was like, remember this moment, remember these times that, that feeling of emptiness and nothing, it will come back. Don't, don't think that you've evaded it because you stopped for a certain amount of time. Like this will, it's that, Ever present thing that is always there, and I'm actually thinking about. I have a a coworker that I'm very close with. Uh, she's getting married in in New Hope at the end of May, and I was like, I'm so excited to go to this wedding, and it's the first wedding I'm going to where I'm not excited to go and get wasted. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm excited to just go and see my friends and have a good time and talk to people and eat good food and, and spend time with friends. Like it's just like, that's um, it's, it's very gratifying. It, it makes me feel really good that I get to do that and not have to worry about how much am I going to have to drink? Who's driving home? How am I going to feel the next day? How much aspirin should I take before I go to bed? Did I drink enough water? All the shit that goes through your brain when you're like a professional alcoholic, like, and I, by no means was ever professional, but, um, it's definitely one of those things where you're like, I I embrace that feeling now. And I, I never thought I would. I never thought I would have those moments of like, yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm happy with being happy.
0: We're over time and I'm absolutely starving because my, my eating has been all thrown off. So I want to get off here and run and buy some pizza. But remind me to next week or sometime to tell the getting high at the beach story. It's a good one. You got it. All right, folks. Well, that's it. That's it for this week. We're out of time. We want to thank Luke for coming on the show. Get in touch with him if you want to do some yoga or some painless dent removal or check out his bands. Monsters Eat People. Nailed right in. There's got to be something online for that. Or check out his bands. Monsters Eat People. Nailed right in. We have the Life Sick Life demo up on our YouTube page. Continue to write us. Continue to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Continue to be a member Of the Northeast scene. So, thanks everybody for listening, and until next time.